If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Three, two, one, zero. Hello. Welcome to... Episode 191. Personal Finance Basics. Hey Money Clan, a very warm welcome to the Chain of Wealth podcast. I'm your host, Dennis O'Brien. And I'm Katie Welsh. So if you're new to personal finance, this episode is definitely for you. So we're going to be directing a lot of our new subscribers to this episode. So first off, welcome to Chain of Wealth. Yeah, welcome. We're glad you're here. We hope we're at least a little bit of help to you. So Chain of Wealth is a podcast all about money topics for millennials. And we focus specifically on millennial topics. However, regardless of how old you are or where you fall into the personal finance space, we're hoping to give you value. So we don't discriminate in terms of who we're actually serving. (laughs) No. But that being said, there are a couple of fundamental things about personal finance, which you really need to understand, especially if you're brand new to the space, And we're hoping to unlock a couple of them today. Well, and even if you have been listening or you're into personal finance, a nice reminder is nice to have to kind of help reset where you're at and make sure you're on the right path. Yeah. So first things first, we'd love if you guys would join our Facebook community. Head on over to chainofwealth.com slash group. Sign up to be a part of our Facebook group. There's a lot of awesome people in there. And come and tell us your money story. All right, Kate, are you ready to dive right in? Yep. Fantastic. Let's do it. Welcome to Chain of Wealth. Here's your host, Dennis, inspiring you to begin your journey of financial freedom. All right, Kate, so some of the personal finance basics, and I'm going to let you kick it off the first one. Oh, thank you. Well, the first, and I'd say the hardest part of personal finance is if you are in debt and you're completely clueless coming to terms. Yeah. And once you wrap your head around it and you decide, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to get myself back on the straight and narrow. There's the hardest thing you have to do first. And that is totaling up all of your debt. 
which is sounds terrible, but it's not as bad. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think coming to that realization and figuring out exactly how much debt you have is a big step. But I also think, Kate, that it's sort of like a snowball as well. You know, like the moment you just get that first little piece rolling down the hill, it gains momentum and it gets faster and faster. And that's how your debt pay for work. And that leads us on to how you're going to achieve it. And that's budgeting. Mm. You know, you need to get your budgeting in the order. B word. And you need to have a budget, keep to your budget. And, you know, figure out like how much money you're going to set aside for paying off debts, how much you're going to set aside for paying yourself and figure out, you know, exactly what your life should look like. And this may vary from a month to month basis, depending on how your expenses fall. But you want to make sure that you pay yourself first, get into habit of paying yourself first. It is critically important. Okay. Before you go on, I have two questions for you about what you just said. Sure. First, what do you mean by pay yourself first? So you need to determine how much money you want to be saving or paying off for debt or whatever the thing is. And you need to allocate that money towards yourself. So say, for example, maybe I receive $2,000 when I get paid I and I want to pay myself, let's say $200 of that 2000 you know, you need to take that $200 and take it out of the equation. So pretend you never got it. Pretend you're only left with 1800 So that 1800 needs to go towards all your other expenses. So you'll need to figure out exactly, you know, how you're going to make that work. And if you're in a position where all your expenses exceed that 1800 you need to figure out whether that $200 is a realistic number for you or you need to find ways to make more money. And by pay yourself first and take that 200 out that is towards saving or something beneficial to you not treating yourself to like a new shirt or out for dinner or something like that yeah well that kind of spending that you're talking about should be a part of your budget so and that's sort of like discretionary spending and that's no guilt have money to spend and it's important to have that in your budget as well because you're going to want to buy stuff at some point or another and you know you need to have that ability to buy stuff now, I'm not saying go out and splurge, like you said, treat yourself, <laughs> but um, you still need to have that sense of, okay, I'm going to do this and you have a budget that's collected and achievable and month after month, you're checking in and making sure that you fall within certain boundaries that you set for yourself. And it'll come with time, you know, once you've refined it once, it'll be the, the hardest time you do it and you'll, you'll get better and better as time goes on. But it's like brushing your teeth. You need to make it a habit. Okay. Now, my second question goes along with making a budget. What are the most pivotal, important parts of making your budget? And what kind of advice do you have for somebody who's new to it? Okay, so the most important part, I would say, is to get your expenses under control. And when I say that, your biggest expense is probably housing. You know, if you're like most people, housing is going to eat up a large chunk of your budget. Now, whether you own your home or whether you're renting or whatever the case is, you need to determine, do you have too much house for how much money you're currently bringing in? And this is where people can save a lot of money. If they realize, oh, you know, I actually can't afford to live in this $400,000 home if I'm only bringing in like 50K a year or whatever the number is, the math doesn't make sense. That's too much of my money coming out of my paycheck every day. It just doesn't add up. You need to find somewhere cheaper to live. And whether it's with, you know, like a roommate or whatever the case is, 
You can find ways to make your housing cheaper, but getting your expenses under control is one of the most important parts of setting up a budget. And from personal experience, I have learned because I have been on the side of the budget, like you said earlier, where you have it very, very tight. And so really fine tuning and going through and combing and seeing where you are spending too much money is pivotal. Because if you think about it, when you go to Taco Bell and you get your $5 Crunchwrap Supreme, and then the next day you go and you get your $3 Starbucks iced tea, that is money that is leaving your account every single time. And it's not a lot of money, but it adds up over time. Kate, that is such an important point. And, you know, when it comes to money, like you think to yourself, oh, what is that $3 iced tea that I'm buying? You know, like it's $3. It's not going to change the world. I'm not going to retire off $3. No, you're not. It's not going to make any difference. However, over a long period of time, that's a lot of money. And making that habit. And making that habit. So, you know, trying to get your expenses under control and figure out, you know, how much satisfaction money gives you. And I can't remember where I heard it, but there's the sense of you only have limited resources and time is one of your limited resources. You only have a certain number of hours on this world and you need to determine how you're going to spend that time. And very often what we do is we trade time for money. So you need to start looking at your time as a sense of value and your money directly translates to a sense of value as well because you've traded your time to get that money. So when you are buying a, you know, like whatever it is, whether it's your latte or iced tea or whatever you're having, determine how much satisfaction that purchase is going to give you in relation to how hard you worked to earn that money. When you start looking at the world like that, it's a different ballgame. I will speak from personal experience because I paid off quite a bit of debt. I paid off all my student loans and, and some extra stuff. And I went across life. I changed my entire outlook because I used to love shopping and buying like random things and never anything for like more than 20 bucks. But I was really good at buying a bunch of crap for five bucks. And when I got serious about paying off all of my debt, it was so much easier to think, you know, I could buy this, whatever it is, or I could take the money and put it towards my student loan. And it changed my entire outlook of how I spend money. Yeah. And also realizing how much value something brings you. Like you say, that $20 purchase, is it really going to make that much difference in your life? Or are you going to chuck it out in six months time when you haven't used the thing? Exactly. So we've talked about budgeting. We've talked about adding up our debt. What is the next crucial part of personal finance basics? The next crucial part is saving an emergency fund and starting to look at the investing side. Ooh. And before we dive into that, now would be a great time to take a quick break and say a very big thanks to our sponsor. Money Clan, creating a financial plan can be extremely hard and time consuming. And that's why Kate and I have started using Savvy Financial to get a holistic view of our own money and achieve financial plans that we personally have. Savvy Financial connects to your bank accounts and the various other accounts and helps give you completely unbiased information 
as though it was a financial advisor advising you based on your own personal financial position. The platform was created by a team of mathematicians, engineers, and data scientists, and it really gives you great advice. Today, you can claim their base subscription, which is absolutely free. All you have to do to claim this offer is head on over to chainofwealth.com slash savvy. That's S-A-V-V-I. Once again, that's chainofwealth.com slash savvy. Create a financial plan today with Savvy. All right, so coming back from the break, we're going to talk a lot about building up your money now. So talking about that emergency fund. So the first step, and I'm going to give credit to Dave Ramsey for this. He says, baby step one, save up $1,000. You know, Hold on. I want to stop you first because I want to clarify. Can you build up your emergency fund while you're paying back your debt? Kate, I would say building up an emergency fund is really important because so, yes. stuff happens. I mean, I would say first build up your emergency okay. fund and then pay off your debt. However, if you are in a position where you already do have an emergency fund, you'll focus paying off your debt. But yeah, save up an emergency fund. That's a small, modest emergency fund just in case of an emergency. And honestly, like $1,000, it doesn't sound like a lot of money, you know, but most Americans do not have $1,000 for an emergency. That's terrifying. It's scary. I think it's something like 67% of people do not have $1,000 in case something goes wrong. That means when you are in a room full of people, more than half. Yeah, two thirds of people don't have the money. If something happens to them, yeah. that's unexpected. That's really quite terrifying. It's exceptionally terrifying. But I mean, if you realize that you saved up $1,000, you're suddenly in the upper like third or whatever. So you're in a really good position. So saving up that emergency fund is critical so that if something does happen, you do have money to fall back on. And once you have your emergency fund in place, once you've paid off your debt, you can then start getting into the realm of starting to save. And your saving is for a number of things. It can be for a house or it could be for, you know, hopefully not an expensive car, hopefully a, a very, you know, a modest car because cars are terrible assets and you really shouldn't plunk down a lot of money on a car because they just lose value. And they all get you from point A to point B. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, starting to invest is really important. And when it comes to investing, investing is a very broad topic and there's a ton of different ways you can invest and things you can invest in. So one of my favorite ways to invest is to invest in the stock market. So the stock market probably returns one of the higher percentages of all the asset classes. However, it is a little bit risky and it does swing quite a lot. But one important principle when it comes to investing that you guys need to get good at is dollar cost averaging. Dollar cost averaging is essentially just saying that I don't care whether the market is high. I don't care whether the market is low. I'm always going to be buying. So whether I'm buying a particular stock that's overpriced or whether I'm buying it when it's when it's not overpriced, when it's actually selling at a discount, I'm always buying. And what dollar cost averaging does is it helps you average the markets, which is a good position to be in. Okay. So I want to walk away with a couple of takeaways. So if I am completely brand new to personal finance, the first thing that I need to do when I get home is to take all my debts and all my expenses and add them up. Right. Okay. 
The next thing I need to do is I need to make a budget. Correct. And the first thing I need to do in my budget is have a pay yourself first section and determine how much money you need to be paying yourself first. And then all the money afterwards is what you divvy up for bills and rent and fun money and stuff like that. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Okay. And Kate, so something else that I want to just add, when you pay yourself first, it's a literally pay yourself first. So the first thing that comes out of your paycheck should be something t- for you to put away money for the future. So you should never actually be able to see that money, you know, and whether you're putting it into some sort of an IRA or your 401k or, you, you know, you're putting up more money into those kind of things, money that you can't touch, but it's going to be there for you later in life. Those are really good things to start investing in. Okay, but then also in your budget, you need to allocate some money for your emergency fund. Correct, yeah. Okay, so then you are well on your way to being on the straight and narrow. Yeah, you get your budget in place, you pay down your debt, and then you really start looking towards the future and you look towards retirement. And, you know, you can then start figuring out how much money you need. And we recently did a great episode on compound interest. And if you guys haven't heard it, I highly recommend you do tune into it. It really covers the basics of why it's so critically important to try and save as much money as you can as early on as possible. But yeah, this is the basics of personal finance. And if you just master these basics, it does sound really simple, but it is that simple. You know, a lot of people talk about fancy things like backdoor Roth IRAs and all sorts of weird and wonderful things. But ultimately, these basic principles are all you really need. Well, and there's just one more thing that you need to remember. What's that? Live below your means. Yes. Living below your means is critically important because if you can master living below your means, you will always have money to save. You will always have money to put away and you're going to be in a great position when it comes time to retire. Hey guys, I just wanted to give a big thank you to our sponsor, Savvy Financial, as well as our editor, Brian, and my co-host, Dennis O'Brien. And a very big thanks, Katie Walsh. (laughs) Okay, well, I hope this was very helpful for you and you'll catch us next time on the Chain of Wealth Podcast. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, 
according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 